Welcome back to the ATI Podcast. Barrett here for episode 97, Flying Solo. Josh Welch is on assignment. Episode 97 is going to feature another iodine recording artist, and that is Horsewhip. I'm happy to bring you guys Horsewhip if you guys aren't familiar with these cats. Uh, When I first listened to them, I immediately was thinking his hero is gone. So, of course, a band from Memphis, Tennessee in the mid-90s, if you guys remember them, and kind of a part of the hardcore scene and screamo scene, and I would say kind of probably gained a lot of its popularity touring the Midwest and the East Coast. I'm pretty confident they were all over. I actually discovered those guys much after the fact. Uh, I think their active years were from like 95 to 99 or so. But, um, anywho... That is immediately my first reactions when I heard Horsewhip. Uh, a little bit of a throwback in the hardcore influences. Going to be some interesting chat that we'll be having with some gentlemen here in Horsewhip. I believe Jeff, the bassist, I believe he has actually been a part of um, several other noteworthy projects in the past. Jeff has been a part of Reversal of Man as well as Combat Wounded Veteran. And I know that uh, they, this band, Horsewhip, as well as Jeff himself, kind of operate out of the Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area. The cities are just right across the bay from each other. Horsewhip, I believe, just released their third album, Consume and Burn, last Friday as we're recording this. So on November 10th, they released Consume and Burn. And I have listened to this album probably at least four or five times all the way through and then some random tracks, you know, like singles that they put out in advance. And like I said, I'm pretty impressed with this, guys. And uh, I know it's getting late in the year and here at the end of the year here at ATI Podcast, you know what we do. We kind of do our year in recaps and favorite albums. And this guy's burning its way up the charts for me. But if you guys haven't checked out Consume and Burn, we highly encourage you to do so. You're going to hear some of clips from this album on our breaks in and out as well as a full length at the end of the podcast just what happens to be my favorite track off the album doesn't necessarily mean it's the single that they're pushing everybody has different preferences and taste buds if you will for music and i highly encourage you that even if what you hear today on the podcast is on the fringes of something that you like that you go and shop these guys you go across streaming and find tracks that you like and maybe that'll hook your fandom and in turn you will turn around and invest in the band so of course uh we'd mentioned earlier that these guys are on iodine recordings uh death wish inc does a lot of the distro for them here in the united states so you guys can find horsewhips album there on death wish inc and uh we're gonna get more into those details on where it's available and all that stuff whenever we have our conversation with horsewhip today before we get into that just want to again thank last week our guest Brad from The Disappeared. So Disappeared, a St. Louis hardcore punk band. 
and uh, doing a lot of cool things and glad to see them back in the mix after a short hiatus and uh, they got a show coming out this weekend guys so if you're in the St. Louis area be sure to check out uh, all those details are in last episode's credits you guys can purchase tickets in advance and enter yourself into that drawing to earn some free swag from all the bands playing the show so they got some local bands and they got some touring bands and uh Boy, it's I, I haven't really heard of that concept before, but uh, Wes Hoffman's kind of leading the charge over there, and his band, Wes Hoffman and Friends, and that guy is always thinking and always marketing, and one of the smartest people in the Midwest music scene, I think, and a really hard worker, and uh, I'm sure this is a brainchild out of his mind, and so you guys can definitely check out what they have to offer there, and catch that show at Blueberry Hill there inside of Blueberry Hill in the Duck Room down there on the lower level, Chuck Berry's old establishment there on the Del Mar Loop. And uh, oddly enough, it was the first time I think Brad revealed to us that The Disappeared will be playing there. So just wanted to give a last-minute push on that. Real quickly, we didn't talk about it on the last episode, but you guys might have seen some postings on social media by me and shared by our podcast collective, and that is I had a recent opportunity at the last minute. And no, I did not politic my way into this. It was just, we just happened to have some other friends working on some things. So I actually performed in a fake band called Spider Revolver for a movie that was shot in St. Louis. And that movie is Reaper Road. You guys will remember that name if you've listened to us routinely. We had the director, Mondo Franco, on our program. We've had varying other persons uh, involved with the production on our show, Douglas Wicker. Logan Cole, Jackie Kelly, all these amazing, talented people in the St. Louis area are all involved in this project, as well as one Brad Sexton. So Brad Sexton, we had of A Dark Orbit, formerly Tony Danza, Tap Dance, Extravaganza, Dress for a Funeral, When Knives Go Skyward, and his current solo project, Sons. He's just been kind of involved in a lot of things, toured with multiple artists. That guy is an insane musician. Brad is actually scoring the film, and Brad reached out to me to fill a role in this fictitious band in the movie. So I, as you all know, am primarily a drummer by trade, but I was employed as a bassist on this film. And myself and other routine guests of the show, Joey Rakavan, uh, he was employed as the guitarist in this band, Brad on drums, and a new friend we made, Mr. Spinks, and I think he's pretty much well known in the St. Louis area, Taylor Spinks. He's been a part of like a lot of metalcore projects and stuff in the past, so I think that uh, you guys will be pleasantly surprised. Now, the movie's still about a year out from premiering. They just wrap shooting, so they got to go into post-production and all that fun stuff, but uh, when more details become available on that, we'll share that, but we also have been sharing the crowdfunding stuff for Reaper Road uh, with intent, obviously, even before my involvement with the movie, and that was, uh, you know, just trying to get a St. Louis project off the ground, feature film, shot with St. Louis talent, shot with St. Louis production team members. I mean, this is a largely St. Louis, you know, employed film and surrounding area. I'd say like 90% of the people involved in the film. So let's get together. Let's uh, make that push. I think Reaper Road's starting to approach 50% of its crowdfunding, and there's only like four days left. So hopefully we can get a quick turnaround on this episode and uh, encourage enough people to come out and support that. So those are really all the news and notes going into my conversation today with Horsewhip I wanted to touch on real quickly. And 
Uh, we will also put that seed and spark information in the episode details for you to follow up on if you feel so inclined to donate to the feature film here in St. Louis. So catch me on the other side of the break with Horsewhip. Hello and good evening. Welcome back to the ATI Podcast. Barrett here. We're in for episode 97, and we've got an awesome collection of talented individuals here known as Horsewhip from Iodine Recordings. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good. Thanks for good. having us. I am very pleased to have you gentlemen on the call today. Uh, really loving the new album in particular, which we're going to get into at some point, but uh, very pleased at the fact that, um, you know, there's a lot of Good heavy music going on out there, and you guys are throwing your weight around in the scene, too. Thanks, man. Much deserves, gentlemen. So uh, what I'd like to kind of start out with is uh, talking about how Horsewhip the Project came together. Uh, can you guys kind of walk us through that, how you all kind of came together and started writing music? So Sean and I wanted to start a heavy band after playing a little bit of not-so-heavy music. And we recruited a couple people, and it didn't all work out. And then we met Alex, and then it worked out. Because Alex ripped <laughs> on the drums. Very good. Yeah, I think I had heard in a previous conversation, Jeff, that you and Sean uh, weren't feeling the original uh, enlistment at drums. And then Alex was kind of a perfect situation, looking for a project, and you guys... Pulled him in. Is that how, do I have that right? Is that how it came together? Um, pretty much. I think Alex reached out to me. I believe on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. I lived in St. Pete. He had just moved here, and he was just pretty much asking if I knew of anybody that was looking for a drummer. And I said maybe I do. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I think Sean and I talked, and we went and met Alex, and I think we wrote the first horsewhip song that day. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I think that's right? Uh, Blue Goose first and talked, and I think maybe the next week we had our first practice. Something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I, I, actually, Jeff and I started, we were in a band before horsewhip, but it was an electronic, like, dancing 80s Depeche Mode sounding band, which was fun. Okay. It was It was great. Um, but the, I think the problem with that, I don't know if, if Jeff had the same issue with it, is that we would practice inside of our friend's apartment. We would write to a synthesizer at low volume and not even really using amps. We were plugged into a computer and just like playing pretty ambient 80s sounding new, new waves type stuff. And then we tried to play a show with that band and it wasn't really working out because the, the, the friend Mike that was in the synth lived in Atlanta 
so it was hard to get together to get that situated. And I think because that it phased out, I would talk to Jeff and tell him I I really miss playing loud. I, I miss playing a yeah. real amp loud, and I just wanted to I wanted to do something that was uh, loud and obnoxious again. I guess. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think once you start playing that type of music, it becomes kind of addictive in many respects, you know, and whether that's, you know, you kind of working out your aggressions through your music or just feeling that air move behind you, it's just kind of hard to replace that uh, once you've become so accustomed to it. Of course. I mean, for me personally, I I played in hardcore bands until I was 22, 23, and then I played in a bunch of other bands here and there. but. Uh, I guess all, all these years later, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like playing in the the 80s synth band real quiet. It just made me really miss. It just hit me like I just miss playing yeah. loud heavy guitar. I just wanted to be in a heavy band again. I, kn- I know you guys have like varying experiences uh, coming together too. Like I know Jeff, for example, you were in Reversal of Man Combat Wounded Veteran, and um, so you guys have just like these wide variety of experiences coming together. Do you guys? really feel like that that kind of, let's say, uh, perhaps made things a little bit more efficient, getting this project together, kind of have a shorthand and be able to communicate with one another and what your end goals were and making best use of your time and that sort of stuff? I'd say probably in a sense. Um, I mean, at, when we started this band, I hadn't played heavy music in, it's like almost 15 years, I think. Wow. So it was, it was like starting over again. At least it felt like it. Like it was like relearning an instrument to play heavy. Sure. You know, I was playing with Sean and like playing some pretty fun bass lines and stuff like that. And I did another band briefly before that. It just that didn't last, and I wasn't super into it. But uh, it was kind of like starting anew for me. Um, Of course, all of us, you know, have obviously, you know, put out records and been on tour and all that stuff. So just the the life experiences we've all had in bands um, and the fact that we're, you know, older now in our 40s, um, we can communicate more effectively like adults. Sure. (laughs) Um, Kind of, of, yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think. I think our past experiences definitely helped us with this experience. Yeah, I mean, definitely in the writing. I mean, um, I uh, I was in a band with um, actually Dan Rowdy that played in Combat Universal with with Jeff, and we were in a band together for a long time. And it was like a ambient post hardcore band type thing, and that was a big big learning experience musically for me. I, I uh, before that, I was in a band and I got kicked out because I was a, I was a terrible singer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I it kind of kicked me in the ass and I I started taking vocal lessons. I I was in, I had a vocal coach for like seven or eight years and like straight. And so I I learned a lot from that. And I met a good friend of mine, Jeremy. Uh, he's a music producer. And he taught me a lot basically about the fact that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> he, was so, he was so good, but, but it, it pushed me. Every time we, we would go and record with him, he, it would 
push me to um, try to get better as a music player. And um, and I, I that's certainly all of all of those things carried over to Horsewhip most definitely. Sure. And that's a mark of a good producer too, is somebody that can push you artistically and musically as well. At least I think so, because there's different types of producers and I'm sure you guys have had all of these experiences and that's, you, you pay a producer money and you know, you go, you record your album maybe with them or engineer with them, or maybe they're doing mixing and mastering for you or whatever the case is on the back end. But, um, you know, sometimes they don't have to be that invested in you individually, you know, or the project. Oh, certainly. I mean, and I was, he was in a band that I really liked at the time and he wanted to record us and we met him through another friend of ours. But when we went to go record with him, it was in Atlanta. And I remember thinking at that time, I was very confident in my guitar playing skills. And then when we got there and I immediately became friends with him and he was like joking with me and he was playing guitar. I realized immediately, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was so far from being a good guitar player. Like I, I thought that I re- was good until I met, I met Jeremy. <laughs> but it put me in place. It put me in place, and it also every time we would write a song or record it, he would just add something. And he loved our music, but he would just add like, "Here, let's do a weird thing on guitar where we just bend a string." Like, okay, and he would add that, and it just changed everything. And then also singing, he'd ask me, "How high can you sing?" And I would say, "Only this high." And he said, "Not, nah, you can go higher." And, he kept he kept pushing every time we went to go see it. He kept pushing, 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 and so and I was prepared for that after a while. And all of that paid off to be in a hardcore band. Just kidding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. I love it. Yeah. So, are you guys all uh, in the St. Petersburg area or Tampa area or in Florida at least, uh, like within proximity of each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all in St. Pete. Dave is in Tampa. Jeff, how long have you been in the St. Petersburg area uh, for some time? Um, so I lived in Tampa when I was doing Reversal Man in Combat. And then I moved away for a while. And I moved back to St. Pete in 2007. So I've been here since then. What would you say, like, the complexion of, let's say, the quote-unquote local music scene is uh, in your guys' various areas that you're at? Uh, is there like aspiring stuff going on, inspiring stuff going on? Or are you guys kind of like too busy with what you got going on yourselves that you don't get to explore that much? I feel like we do our best to pay attention. It's tough sometimes. Like sure. I work super early Monday through Friday. So like, I know we missed, we, I think we all except Dave missed a show the other night. It was like a Monday night. Um, there was no way I was going to drive to Tampa on a Monday. And, uh, stay up late and <laughs> wake up at five thirty in the morning. So it's tough sometimes, yeah. but yeah, there's definitely some, some good stuff coming out of Tampa and St. Pete. Um, but yeah, it's it, the only thing tough right now is there's nowhere to play shows, at least smaller, smaller type venues. Like there's pretty much nothing in St. Pete. <laughs> Those type of venues just haven't prospered very well. Is that the reason? No, we, we lost some crucial ones during COVID. Oh, okay. Had, don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a few places. Um, it's just, I don't think that they're totally on our radar right now. Sure. It's pretty much the same. Jeff and I live two minutes from each other. Oh, okay. And I've been in St. Pete 
my entire life. I lived in Tampa for maybe close to 10 years, and then I came back here. I've been here for a while, like, I guess 17 years now. But, yeah, um, I know there's a lot going on in Tampa. There's a lot of hardcore bands, punk bands, popping up in Tampa that we want to play shows with. And But I think because of uh, our uh, careers and families and our as sure. being adults or domesticated in some way, and it's a... Uh, it's hard for us to get super involved as much as we would, we would like. Uh, Jeff, don't you, aren't you also like a part investor in a restaurant or did yeah. I have that wrong? Okay. No, I am. Uh, it's my wife and four other friends own a full vegan, full service, full bar restaurant in St. Pete. It's called Very good cool. intentions. Good um, intentions. At the same time, my wife and I own and run a vegan hot dog cart. Okay. Um, and plus, we both have regular jobs. Oh my! So On top of yeah, that, yeah. Jeez. And and then bands. So yeah. I'm not very busy. Doesn't sound like <laughs> it. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> How long has the restaurant been open, Jeff? Uh, we just passed a year. Okay. Okay. So we'll- now. Were you trying to like ramp up amidst COVID times? Just out of curiosity, is that something that delayed you, or you just on the back end um, of it started this? No, we were we were definitely on the back end of it. Um, okay, and we had been talking about it for quite some time before we opened, and then it was just kind of you know getting everybody on the same page and finding a spot, which took a bit, and then we ended up finding an awesome building, and we did a complete build out of, from a building that was nothing to a restaurant and bar. It's pretty insane. Yeah. It's very, very beautiful. The food is super good. Um, the staff is amazing. Um, an experience for sure. Is there a, quite a bit of a demand for like vegan and vegetarian restaurants in your guys's area? Um, yeah, I think so. There's, there's a few, one similar, but not quite like it. That's like, a a bar restaurant and the rest are kind of like takeout window type stuff. Okay. A few like food trucks. Um, I'm sure there's more than I can think of right now. Lots um, of but Yeah. It's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome so far. Is uh, everybody in the band vegan or vegetarian or no, I'm no? just vegetarian. Okay. Uh, how long have you been vegan, Jeff? Uh, so probably about five, years now okay yeah i was vegetarian yeah, for about five, yeah. seven eight or nine years and then um and then i 10 months or so vegan vegan got to be a little difficult in my area because uh i'm like in southeast missouri and there's like no retailers that carry like you know substitute products and stuff like that so i get like kind of yeah. a shitty vegetarian diet for a while like living off of tomato soup and like uh garlic <laughs> loaves from walmart and French fries and a side salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. That, that type of diet for sure. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> desperation. Did, uh, like as a teenager, you know, I found like straight edge and veganism and being vegetarian. I think I did vegan for I think it was a few years. I was vegetarian till I was like early twenties, probably. And then within the last five years, four or five years, it's been vegan. Just out of curiosity, that dietary choices that just kind of based on what you know, like the 
you know, the meat industry is like, or just like personal convictions, like kind of what's inspired um, the changes health. So I, I mean, definitely my wife, my wife has been vegetarian since she was a teenager. Um, and I, I, I always want to say that this quote that was like the, the main thing for, I think both of us to, to go vegan. Um, I'll probably say it wrong, but I'll try not to. It's, uh, 15 minutes of sensory pleasure is not worth an entire life. And I think that kind of hit us pretty hard. Yeah. It's, it's not like we never like not thought about it, you know, but obviously we're like, Oh, it's, it's hard, but it's insane how easy it is now compared to 1996, 1997. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Especially in this area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. obviously toward more populous cities and uh, densely populated, populated areas, you get a little bit better chance of that stuff. I mean, even where I'm like originally from very rural, but uh, even like if you go to Walmart, they got like a whole section of mm-hmm. vegetarian and vegan options now, which was like unheard of whenever I was a teenager, yeah. like whenever I actually was vegan and vegetarian. So it's, it's nice to see those changes and making it more convenient for the masses for sure. Yeah. Uh, so now you guys formed and released your first album around 2018, right? The self-titled. Do I have yep. the timeline right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yep. when you guys originally got together, was there kind of like, you know, other than saying we need to play heavy music, was there some like project inspirations? Like, hey, maybe we should we can play something like this, or kind of talk me through kind of how that conversation went. Pretty um, much, John just comes to us with riffs or maybe maybe some whole song ideas every now and then and help him compose those songs and um luckily we have dave now on the second guitar well three years now and um he helps uh right right with sean that kind of takes a little bit of pressure off of sean finally <laughs> doing all the, the writing for a while but now it's it's more um, properly dispensed upon the members, I guess. Sure. Yeah, when we first got together, I I think uh, Jeff and I talked again, you know, it's about like what we wanted to do as far as a heavy band, and we immediately just started listening to History Was Gone, like, this is it. We wanted to do a band like this. And it was basically what it was, and, and I realized that we need to get a different guitar. We need to get a different hand. <laughs> we need to get different stuff, you know. Um, oh, I was gonna say when we got together with Alex, like we were jamming out like the first song, and Alex is like even saying that he was trying to play drums like his hero's gone without us telling him that. Yeah, and that's we were like, oh, awesome! That's gonna be good. <laughs> it's really funny that you guys bring that up because whenever, like, in my friend group, you know, we share music and stuff amongst each other. When I first heard you guys, I like shared your stuff and. I hadn't even looked at like any write-ups or anything like that. I think you guys were just like on my discovery playlist originally. Uh, and I was like, man, these guys kind of remind me of his hero is gone, which I hadn't heard in a while. Obviously they haven't been a band for a while, but I was like, it's kind of nice to hear somebody that, that sounds like that again. So it's funny to hear that that was awesome. kind of a inspiration uh, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, certainly. Inspiration. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of inspiration, but they're definitely a, a big one for, for us, I think. Yeah, I, c- I can definitely see it. 
So, uh, how do you guys feel like whenever you guys release that first self-titled album, like what your reception was like from your percept- per- perspective, that is? I feel like we did not know what to expect. Um, I think we put that out and then we did a short tour not long after that. And I think we were received pretty well for what the short tour was. We ended up playing a killer show with page 99 in where was that? Virginia. It was Baltimore. Um, Baltimore. It was about Baltimore. Yeah. The, um, but I think overall for being out, like, was it like eight or nine days? Like the reception was awesome. Um, and I think we felt good after that. And obviously they, the at home, uh, draw was pretty good. I think uh, it, it started. It, I think it steered us in the correct direction. But I think now we listen to those songs and we we uh, <laughs> shrug a little bit. But that's all right. Well, we, when we wrote those songs, I uh, I wasn't. I didn't, never thought about recording them. I just thought about playing some shows. Mm-hmm. So I, we you know, we had those, and I thought, oh, we're just going to play you know, a bunch of fun shows. And then Alex said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we should record them." And I was like, "Oh, okay. I guess this is gonna be a bit more than just a, ba- a band that plays shows, you know." Hey, that that first record, um, it was pretty much our demo. Um, but luckily, our friend Dan um, offered to put it out under his financial ruin label. Um, so yeah, that's the first thing we've ever recorded. So it's kind of painful to listen to now but that <laughs> it was kind of um i don't know how we got our start i don't want i mean that's <laughs> just kind of the artistic plight though right i think like the mark of any good musician is that you look back on everything that you did in the past or any creative that for that matter and look at how you could have could do it better and like want to implement that in the future right oh for sure oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't i don't think that's ever i mean Every time we write a song or record a record, I'm like, yeah, we could do better. (laughs) There's always something I'm I'm nitpicking on, you know, or trying to improve on. I I I can't stop it. I think (laughs) we're always trying to challenge each other, get better, more technical, and um, so it's really nice because we 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 do tend to push each other um, when writing and trying to step up you know, a little bit every, you know, recording. So it's good. Do you guys kind of feel like you took that encouragement uh, straight into the next record laid to waste? Like you guys were like, okay, we already know what we need to do differently here and how to step up your game. Gradual step for sure. This is like kind of a a new chapter for now, a completely different chapter. Um, Yeah. We definitely feel like we're heading in the right direction now. Yeah, I mean, Laid to Waste was, um, I think we started writing songs a bit differently for that record. Um, I, I really still like those songs a lot. I The whole record was recorded live, so it's it's extremely raw <laughs> sounding. Um, and um, I think it came out, came out pretty good for a live record, but um, I think that after that, yeah, after that came out, um, it, well, it was released right during the pandemic, and uh, I, 
I think we thought at that time we couldn't push it because of obvious reasons. And then sure. we uh, started getting together and jamming out these new songs. And then that's when we, uh, I guess, moved on from our singer and added Dave. And that actually allowed, uh, I guess, for us to try to be a bit more experimental with some of their time changes and really mess with Alex a bit. Yeah, it, it, it allowed us to play delayed delay songs the way they were recorded too. Exactly. You know, with yep. that second track, you know, yeah. we just had to take up on Mike's vocals. I think that's, we focused on that a lot. Like, well, yeah. we weren't playing shows and stuff like that. That's definitely one thing I picked up on, especially with this newer record, which is consume and burn is that you guys like are just pushing those time changes and stuff. And just like the mark, I, heavy music has gotten plagued with over the years. Like you got to have a transition to go into this next part and yada, yada, where I always like really love heavy bands as if there's no transitions. We're just going into this next part, right? It's not like really given the opportunity for you to make a pivot. It's just, we know these songs, we know what's coming next. We're going right into this next part. And I think you guys are doing that wonderfully on this album for sure. Awesome. Thank you. I think Alex is a good drummer. I um, I feel like in these songs, I was really trying to see what he was capable of in some of those parts, but he he's, he pulled it through. Yeah, like all right, um, let's kill Alex. <laughs> yeah, I was about having a heart attack just listening to you, man, because uh, that's my primary instrument, and I was like, damn, man, just trying to tap this out the first go through. It's uh, this boy's burning some calories without question. Yeah, kill me, I'm convinced. <laughs> We're going to do it in a cool way, though. Yeah. That would be a pretty <laughs> badass way to go out, for sure. I have to admit. I'm actually, died by, died by drums. <laughs> Death by drums. So, uh, w- when did the relationship with Iodine start for you guys? Was that, was that just with this last record? Yeah. Uh, um, I kind of initiated that in a way. Um, because I was a fan of the label back when they were active in the early 2000s, I guess. Um, I liked a handful of their bands, and they had a presence at the time. And um, when they came back uh, this time around, uh, I just saw how much effort they were putting into how they were pushing their bands and how passionate they were about it. And I'm like, that's the label you know, I, I knew before and respected before. So I just thought I'd send like a casual, friendly message to Casey and be like, hey, I used to play your label back in the day and uh, dig on some of your bands. And um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm glad you're back and doing stuff again. And, um, you know, if you ever want to hear what my band's doing, of course, I didn't expect a response to that question. But <laughs> um, yeah, he, he actually listened to a couple songs and... Um, he said, "Yeah, let's let's see what you can come up with album-wise." And uh, a few years, a couple years later, um, yeah, we finally have this one. So Casey's a really great guy. Uh, he's he's done a lot for us. Um, we're very grateful for Iodine and their efforts towards all their bands. I mean, they're just really hardworking guys. Yeah, I keep hearing that from. Uh all associated acts. I had Jerome's dream on a few months ago and those gentlemen were highly 
praising Casey in particular and all the work that they do over there at Iodine and just how it's very artist friendly and uh, they felt very supported. And I mean, that's the type of relationship you need, especially present day when things can be so cold and, you know, everybody can be so distant from each other to have that nice personal touch is a nice change to hear. And I'm glad to see that he's breeding that type of environment. Of course. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty damn positive experience so far. Yeah, he's been pretty great to deal with. Hell yeah. So you guys just released Consume and Burn last Friday. And uh, eight tracks, just a little over 19 minutes. Uh, Of course, if if anybody's on the live stream today or listening to the podcast on the on-demand versions and you guys haven't heard Horsewhip, uh, hardcore band, a little bit of power violence in there. You guys got a little bit of everything going on in uh, the heavy realm. But uh, I believe that you guys got something for... Everyone, particularly if you're a fan of anything in those wheelhouses I mentioned earlier. I'm loving this album, guys. Uh, First time that I played it through, I immediately had to play it again. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of stuff like repetitively just because I feel like, I don't know, I got this weird thing about me. I'm like this way with movies, too. If I hear something that's really good, and sometimes I feel like if I listen to it too much, I might like drive it in the ground and I might not like it as much, you know? But uh, I've listened start to finish to this album at least five, six times. And uh, it doesn't get old for me. I I really do love it. Thank you. That's great. I love hearing that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Now uh, let's talk about some shows or things that you guys have in the works and promotion of, to this album. I think you guys are, are you guys not playing a festival here coming up soon? Yep. Yeah. This weekend we're playing, um, a fest in Tampa. It's the first year of the fest. It's called Hellshine, um, which is organized by our guitarist, Dave, um, okay. amongst people in bands around here, like Mike, Mike from Warthog and Heaven's Gate, uh, Rachel from Walt City. Um, so yeah, it's just like a three-day fest of just like raging, heavy music. Um, yeah, it should be a good time. Speaking of Heaven's Gate, you're involved in that, are you not, Jeff? I am. Yeah, and so you've got some uh, pretty serious people <laughs> in that project with you, too. I think you've got members of uh, Cannibal Corpse, right? And yeah. Some other well-known uh, acts? Uh, yeah, it's Paul from Cannibal, and Tony from Municipal Waste. Yeah. And Mike from Warthog. And you guys put out an EP this year as well, right? Yeah, Earlier this year? I think in February. It's like a one-sided the songs, one-sided, HD side. It's on Beach Impediment Records. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that as well. I'd suggest people checking that out too if you guys like awesome. what you guys are hearing from Horse Whip here too. A little bit different, but, uh, you know, again, got to admire the musicianship, man. That's a that's oh, yeah. a good little banger there too. With with the festival uh, here coming up, you guys got uh, any other special plans on the horizon? I feel like we did, but uh, we had plans <laughs> to do a record release show in St. Pete, but it's not super panning out right now. So I think we're gonna put it on the shelf until probably January. Okay. Um, then we have another show coming up that's not announced yet, so I can't really say anything. Okay. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think I can, so 
Well, stay tuned to their social media for when that announcement comes, right? It'll be in Florida, but hometown. We're pretty sporadic our show playing. We'll probably do a couple short trips next year if we can and see if we can get on some weekend fest, stuff like that. Yeah. We'll try to do like a week here, two weeks there, hopefully down the road. Uh, we just can't tour super extensively because of our, our adult lives. So we try to do as much as we can and play smart with, with those shows. You know? Sure. I mean, there's plenty of bands cutting their teeth the same way right now that, you know, are uh, making a go of it too. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that approach. Um, and uh, I'm, I mean, I'm really excited. Hopefully I get to see you guys out here in the, the Midwest at some point. I'd really love to catch you guys live. Yeah, We've been up uh, to my hometown, Indy and Chicago, a couple times, a couple few times, a couple times. Um, yeah, we did that tour in 2019, um, East Coast and Midwest. That was a lot of fun. I think that's uh, where your um, Hate Five Six video came from. Was your 2019 tour? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that show with Page Ninety Nine, which was awesome. Um, yeah, we're gonna try to do as much as we can to uh, help Casey out a bit, get some of these records out of his space, and <laughs> um, yeah, just we like to play out as much as we can. It just doesn't happen too terribly often. Now, if anybody's interested, once they, uh, you know, I always refer people to do their little window shopping through the streaming channels and all that stuff, but you guys have to realize out there that are listening to our conversation right now that these gentlemen, unfortunately, don't get the uh, financial support through those means and avenues. So if you guys like what you hear from Horsewhip, be sure to check out their website, social media for links to uh, purchase some of their music and their record as well. So you guys can help support these guys. Uh, of course, we will have some links on the on-demand version of this episode. So you guys can get into those details and find out where to support horse whip as well. And uh, you really will have no excuse to not know anything about these guys too. If you're listening to the on-demand version, because you're going to hear some clips of their music into and out of the interview, as well as uh, if, with these gentlemen's permission, of course, we're going to play a full track at the close of the episode, too. So, guys, I uh, I can't tell you how much, uh, once again, that I'm loving the new record. And, um, you know, I, I know I leaned into Jeff a little bit as, as far as what other musical projects he's had going on, too. But not to overlook you, Sean or Alex, if you guys have anything else going on uh, that you want to talk about musically, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I don't at the moment. I, there was a little thing I was starting, but... It didn't work out. There might be something else in the future, but at the moment, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just horse good <laughs> at the moment. Man. How about for you, Alex? Um, no, I just I'm throwing my focus and energy into this for now, and um, I kind of want to eventually be in a more rock oriented band again because just playing like you know. Rock drums is a lot of fun, and it's it's not super hard on the body, so I'll probably do that eventually again. And um, I just don't have – I'm just too old. I don't have the patience anymore to be multiple bands. I hear you. It's hard. I don't know how Jeff does it. 
I don't know how somebody Sorry. like Mike Patton does it, my man. You know, <laughs> he's no spring chicken either. You know, he's like yeah. six, seven bands. <laughs> mad props, mad respect. I do love some faith in the more though. Oh man, come on! One of the best ever. One of the oh, most yeah. underrated. I mean, Definitely. like they're the musicians, musicians. I like whenever I'm having conversations with people like you guys, like we all know, but uh, I just don't feel like the masses give them their due respect. It's like you know, everybody thinks about yeah you know, those early songs and stuff and um or they might know them from you know that dirty work show or whatever the hell that show is called from the early 2000s i can't remember what the hell it was with mike rowe um but you know yeah they use some of their music for the theme song there but uh but yeah man that's a band that's got a deep catalog and man respect to them for sure yeah they were amazing so uh, we've reached the portion of the program where I like to go through and ask a little bit more personal questions just to let our audience get to know you guys a little bit better individually. So um, what I'd like to start with is actually uh, what is a band, let's say like an all-time favorite band of yours that maybe somebody wouldn't suspect is a favorite band of yours or perhaps a favorite album. Mm -hmm. So let's start with you, first. Jeff. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to show you guys what I just bought. <laughs> do it, do it. Bought the LL. 30th, 30th anniversary LP and you. Oh, <laughs> dude. I'm jealous. I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Hey, if I had the scratch, I would have bought it. It was so, real quick, real story. Um, my work does this thing where you do like a survey online for like. Mostly health stuff and like just keeping your life on track. And you answer so many questions, you get points for it. The points turn into dollars. So the limit is $200 a year. So I did it. It took me 20 minutes the other day to do. And I got 200 bucks. So I turned nice. it into a gift card. And then just, so that cost me 120 bucks, basically. There you go. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great album there. Yeah. Steve Albini produced. That's my favorite Nirvana album. And also, if you haven't seen the interview with Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, Steve Albini, and uh, Conan O'Brien, they talk about, you know, obviously the record and the 30th anniversary. It's an awesome interview. Yeah, I got to check that out still. Yeah, for sure. How about for you, Alex? Um... So, an unsuspecting, somewhat favorite band. Yeah. Um, well, they make fun of me enough for this one, so yeah, go ahead and say <laughs> uh, and So, I've always been a huge Rush fan. <laughs> you could definitely like something more embarrassing than Rush, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'll never... The greatest band. <laughs> the best. The best part is none of us really hate them. We just pretend yeah. we hate them. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Just, just to, to give them a little shit. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Would... I don't think it's that surprising. I'm trying to think. I don't think they were bands for Gazi, but that's not surprising at all either. But I guess Depeche, Depeche Mode would be would be it for me. Hell yeah. 
I just finally picked up Violator on vinyl myself. That's one I needed, had to have. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a great record. I think that's my favorite record I've ever seen. Yeah, big same, big same. We did move on uh, the Violator album cover. Um, we did a late picture with our flowers, the upside down flowers, and kind of made it like uh, the lettering just like Violator as well. We did like a limited run of those. That was fun. Nice. Very nice. So let's talk about um, your like favorite concert that you ever went to. Um, what's a favorite musical performance that you caught in your lifetime? How about for you, Jeff? I saw Radiohead on the Kid A tour, I think it was. Oh, wow. Is Kid A or Emmy Jack? I can't remember. And that was then Stone Mountain, Georgia. And it was incredible. Um, so you got that that aspect. And then Sean and I went to Vegas last year for PsychoFest and saw so many amazing bands. But if you're going to go wild, I'd have to say Warthog was a highlight of that trip. Because they're fucking slow. Yeah, it's hard to say, like, my favorite of all time. but. Sure. Those two come to mind right now. I'll say Warthog for last year's favorite, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. How about you, Sean? Uh, well, it's funny because Jeff mentioned Radiohead. And I think live, as far as like them being sounding incredible and it being beautiful and everything, it was probably their in. I saw them in Rainbow's tour. It wasn't as cool as when Jeff saw them, but they, they were just. Perfect. It was unreal. Um, but then, yes, uh, Psychofest for me was the gates while, while we we're in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Okay, so I've been I've seen some amazing shows in my lifetime, of course. But I'll tell you what we we just played Fest again this year in Gainesville. And so many bucket list bands played this year. It, I was just in awe the entire time. Like I saw Quicksand, Gorilla Biscuits, um, Guar, Descendants, Sam I Am. Um, so many of my all-time favorite bands, and it was just my mind was completely blown the entire weekend. Of course, there there's still like you know part of the punk scene so you see these people that are a big deal to you just kind of walking around amongst us commoners and uh <laughs> it's so cool to like I, you know i was at the bull evil set and um i look over and it's uh, uh the guitarist from descendants standing right next to me with this kid and i'm like this is amazing <laughs> this is just craziness yeah um but yeah it was it was really really cool to see all those classic band played this year for sure quicksand played slip in its entirety right at the first yeah Mm -hmm. oh man would have loved to have caught that for sure yeah they played like 10 minutes right after us so we all had to like run over (laughs) mad dash (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if you guys are uh big film fans or have like favorite movie but just out of curiosity just kind of interested in knowing what type of uh, movies you guys fuck with. So, uh, Jeff, do you got a favorite movie 
or maybe a favorite director if you can't narrow it down to movie? Um, I would say one of one of my favorite movies is The Burbs. Okay. Yeah. Um, another one is Christmas Vacation. Classic. <laughs> Um, I'd say I'll, I'll give you a modern modern horror movie that I love is Hereditary. Oh hell yeah, I love that movie. one of my faves for sure. Yeah, okay. Ari Aster's the man. Love Midsummer too. Yes, yes, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I want Sean to go next. Go for it, Sean. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I like. Just- I- Thing. I like I like terrible movies. I'm just going to say that right away. Real bad taste in movies. Spice World. My, no, oh, my okay. favorite movie. <laughs> my favorite movie is is Dumb and Dumber. That's probably one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's, it's not a bad. It's, movie. Just, it's, it's a passable. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's stupid. It's a stupid movie, but it's entertaining. I can watch it anytime, all the time. It's a it's a dumb, dumb movie, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those movies, too, at least for me. It's kind of like a Nostalgia Fest just because, you know, when it came out. And it was just a huge movie of my, like, preteen years or whatever, whenever it came out. Yeah, I, I don't – It. I guess it is nostalgic for me. I think I was living – I think I was living with Jeff when that movie came out. We were living at this house in Tampa called the Rock and Roll House. I don't know why it was called that. I would sit there in the living room. Well, actually, I'd go back and forth between Dumb and Dumber and Back to the Future. There's yeah. movies all the time. But, yeah. I guess it's a topic in the early 20s. Sure. How about for you, Alex? Um, I don't know. I, I like a you know wide variety of stuff. I don't really like sci-fi or fantasy, but um, anything else pretty, pretty much a go. I'd have to say, like, I Two of my top favorite movies of all time, I can tell you right off the bat, are singles and reality bite. Um, some just cheesy '90s, you know. Um, sure. But I also like like off the wall slapstick. Um, you know, Freddy Got Fingered is probably the funniest movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> or, uh, old uh, '80s movies. Breakfast Club and yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, all those classics as well. John Hughes stuff, man. That's yeah, that's all cool. solid stuff for sure. Definitely. Uh, I'm curious to know: is there a band out there present day that would be like, let's say, maybe like a bucket list band for you guys to tour with, just individually? Who? What would that? Who would that band be for each of you? How about you, Alex? Yeah. Well, hey, hey, let's let's since it's a hypothetical, let's say of all time. All right. How about for you, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, um, I guess the impossible choice would probably be, you know, Sepultura if they played just the first three albums, original lineup. That would be amazing. Um, current day may be possible in the future. If you know, uh, I'm really obsessed with uh, Cloud Rat and have been oh, for yeah. quite some time now. I'd love to get to know them and play some shows. Even hell yeah, that'd be dope. 
they're awesome. How about you, Sean? I think all-time band I'd like to tour with, it would either be When I Got Prophecy or Uranus. Mm. I like that very much. If Neurosis was still a band, I would love to tour them also. It's a solid pick, too. How about for you, Jeff? I think I'm going to go to the Sean's route. Um, definitely like a punk band because playing shows with barricades is kind of... Um, I'd much rather play a small venue. Um, so I, I would, I'm going to go with like Uranus or like His Heroes Gone or something like that. Yeah, the whole uh, barricade thing's really kind of killing the vibe. It's, it's tough. Yeah. For, I, I mean, especially for a band that's not been around for very long. Sure. Not as hard for, you know, bigger bands. Yeah. But, like, for me and Mike and Heaven's Gate, we've played a few barricades, and it's a little odd for us, too. Yeah, I can imagine. And I've always been of the mindset, like, whenever you play out, you want to you want to feel the crowd. You want them kind of in your business, especially you know in heavier music. At least for me, yeah. um, you know I'm, that's like why I'm playing music is to like engage with the crowd and uh, and to feel me. And and it's hard to like you start putting barricades up and all that crap, man. It's uh, you don't connect with the people as well. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to feed up energy. One hundred percent. For sure. It's like- the land of, you know, I come from the Midwest, of course, you know, house shows were all the rage back in the day, and some of the best I've ever attended were in a basement or a living room or someone's backyard. Um, those were always the best times, for sure. Yeah. I loved the basement shows where you literally were on top of each other and literally in the middle of the band playing, and it was so humid. There was literally moisture on the walls pouring down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, give Jeff and I. Jeff and I saw when I got prophecy in a basement in Tampa. This is in '97 or '96. That was incredible. Wow, and wow, it is. Lots of sweaty Jill. people. <laughs> Very jealous. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So I'll make the last one really easy for you guys. We won't have to think about this one too hard. Uh, <laughs> What what are you guys spinning a lot right now? What's currently heavy in the rotation for you? Uh, I I've been digging the new horrendous a lot. Two mold, two mold rules. Yeah, the new two mold. Um, those are really big ones. Uh, the new vast is incredible. Uh, yeah, those are. My top three right now. How about for you, Sean? Uh, well, I I actually don't listen to a lot of heavy stuff. I I do like that new End record a lot. Yeah, and then I've been I've been going back and listening to Disrupt again for some reason. I I, I miss listening <laughs> to that band. Um, but mainly I listen to Boy Genius or War on Drugs or Lord Huron or you know just. Just easy listening sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I dig on some more on drugs. Yeah. 
How about you, Jeff? What's heavy in the rotation for you? I listen to a lot of country music. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like new country, old country? Um, a lot of so a lot of classic country, but okay. he- heavy rotation is some newer stuff like uh, Tyler Childers. I uh, just got the new Vincent Neal Emerson record in the mail today. Vince um, Neal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think of some other anything recent. Nothing super recent besides the the, the new Tyler Childers record. It's okay. heavy, heavy rotation for me right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not really up on any like newer country other than like people like Chris Stapleton, uh, the Tyler Childers guy. I'm familiar with just because he kind of yeah. like social media popular. Um, yeah, like I pretty much like when I was a kid, country music was huge. You know, like Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to say it isn't present day, but like really the only people that I personally go back and listen to. Which there's always exceptions to the rules. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of like your outlaw country stuff, you know. Yeah, can't go wrong with that stuff. I think. I agree. <laughs> Tim Barry's set best this year was one of my favorite sets. That was amazing. Yeah. Well, guys, these are the gentlemen of Horsewhip. We appreciate everybody tuning in this evening uh, for the live chat, and I appreciate these gentlemen's time. I know uh, there's a bit of a time difference here too. These guys are out on the East Coast, and I'm here in the Central. And I'm sure they've got uh, work to get back to tomorrow, just like. Uh, I do, and the rest of you, so anybody on the live feed, we really appreciate your time. You guys have to check out this new record, and uh, it is Consume and Burn. You guys will see the links on the on-demand version of this podcast, Uh, but in the meantime, these guys are uh, out via Iodine Recordings. You guys can purchase the record through Deathwish Inc. Um, There's just all kinds of avenues that you guys can get your hands on this material. Let's support these guys. Let's keep them going. Uh, because this is the type of music that we need perpetuated out in the atmosphere, for sure, in my opinion. Thanks. Your ear holes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Murdering the ear holes. Now, uh, gentlemen, on the way out, let's let the folks know where's the best way to stay in tune with you guys, like, let's say, social media-wise, where you guys are most active at. I would say Instagram the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. Easily. Obviously, then Bandcamp and place you can listen to it sure and then that instagram handle is at horsewhip underscore fl for florida Mm -hmm. right okay all right well we will also have that in the episode details on the on-demand version so you guys can catch that there gentlemen thank you so much for your time this evening we really appreciate you joining us here on the ati podcast and love 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 the new record
Thank you all for sticking around after the break. Of course, I want to once again thank Horsewhip for coming on the show and having a conversation with me tonight and promotion of their new album, Consume and Burn. Be sure to check out the episode details on all the places that you guys can purchase Consume and Burn and help support the gentlemen of Horsewhip, their band, and their endeavors. Of course, we want to also thank Iodine Recordings once again, Casey over there, sending us some talent and making some connections happen and referrals. And uh, we really appreciate the relationship that's starting to bud with Casey and the crew over there at Iodine. We, of course, obviously love the fact that they are supporting underground artists. And uh, whether that's artists of old or artists of new, we are always looking for our next favorite band here on the ATI podcast, as is, I think, any audiophile out there. And um, they definitely have some heavy hitters in that catalog bands like you've heard us talk about here on the show quicksand jerome's dream stretch armstrong now horsewhip and so we are really looking forward to what the future has in store not only for horsewhip but iodine recordings themselves so we really appreciate everything you guys do we've got another short turnaround on our next episode so episode 98 we're bringing back jason hebb to the show you guys will remember jason he contributed to our cato gadsby episode where we paid homage to former co-host of the show of its first iteration back in 2010 and mentor to me and a huge influence on the local music scene here in the uh, Farmington, Southeast Missouri area. So Cato Gatsby, unfortunately, um, you know, tragically, we lost him well before his time due to suicide. And uh, we talked about on his episode specifically some suicide awareness type stuff, obviously just to bring more awareness to the overall issue that there is. We wanted to memorialize Cato in the way that friends felt befitting as well, in the spirit at which we felt he deserved the least. And uh, Heb had a very insightful story as well as his band. No Point did a song called Gatsby about Cato. Uh, but we also had Heb on talking about everything that No Point had in the works, as well as his other band, Grave Neighbors, since he's joined another band, PFR. So sure we're going to hit on each of the projects, but No Point is gearing up for a new album specifically, so I think we're going to lean heavily into that. The live cast, if you're catching this in time, is Thursday the 16th, so you guys will see that around the 8 p.m. mark. We're going to go live with Heb, uh, but of course we will have the on-demand versions after that. So we'll be taking like a little mini holiday break, and we will be back with you around the 30th of November with a newer St. Louis band that I am really excited to be talking to, and that's Inner City Witches. If you guys haven't heard of them or checked them out, do so, please. That'll be episode 99. And then we will be at episode 100, and we are bringing back friend, longtime friend of mine, that is, Brian Jones, now known as Jesus Rose, huge R&B artist out on the West Coast, doing college tours right now. Really making a name for himself, but uh, looking to catch up with him. He's released some new singles and things since he's been on the podcast. And uh, as you guys will know, one of our early guests here on this iteration of ATI Podcast. And I'm sure at least that's all the feedback that I got from his episode is there was just so many people talking about how good of a dude he was and loved getting to know him and his talents. So Episode 100, spectacular, and we're hoping to put a few other little wrinkles in there and incorporate the various dudes on our channel and the projects that they got going on, of course. So we've got Brandon Stewart from Edaw's in doing Nobnard's Closet, a part of the programming here. That's your RPG, diorama-making, mini-painting, 
D&D games, 40k Warhammer, all that stuff in that world. Brandon's locking that down with people uh, moving and shaking in that industry. And then we have, of course, waxing on with RJ, both Ridge Jackson and Jake Jackson, the brothers Jackson, promoting artists, their music, purchasing physical media, curating playlists, just anything focused back in on the music scene, supporting artists, uh, even merchandise. You know, uh, for example, last episode, Ridge was flying his ingrown flag and his ingrown camo hat. Uh, I believe Jake had various iterations and copies of the newest Code Orange album. So these guys are just, you know, paying that love forward and really trying to get some attention on various artists. And you guys know that we have quite the collective interests and love for music and quite eclectic. So hopefully we'll be having some various contributions on episode 100. And we're happy to be there, guys. It's been a lot of hard work. And we're about to start a third season and already starting conversations with programming and guests for that. So uh, we're really looking forward to everything we got in store for you guys. We hope you are too. And then before you know it, we'll be doing our year-end list. Top movies of the year, top TV shows of the year, top albums of the year. Hope you guys enjoy what we have for you. So be sure to like, follow, interact with us across social media. Instagram is where we spend most of our time. But we're not going to tell you no if you want to interact or join our Facebook fan page or group that we have, ATI Podcast Community. We also have TikTok, as well as X, formerly known as Twitter. I will say, once again, Instagram is the one that we're a little bit more active on and check a little bit more religiously. And we always have guest agendas posted up there so you know what's coming down the pipeline as well. Be sure to follow us there, of course, anywhere that you get your podcasts. So that's going to be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, which I believe now is uh, going to be integrated in with YouTube based on a newsletter that I got. But, um, of course, YouTube. And we are adding more and more to the video production elements of the show. We're going to be leaning into that a little bit more. So you guys might notice a little bit of a change in some of the audio quality versions. And that's because we're uploading the video and then the video hands off to all the audio feeds. So there is a bit of a dilution in audio quality, but still listenable and more listenable than a lot of podcasts that I hear. We're hoping that that doesn't turn anybody away, but, uh, you know, the full experience can always be had on YouTube. Just search ATI Podcast. And we, of course, have the flow code on all of our social media pages. You guys can click that and follow us where you like. If you guys don't mind, please not only start following us there, so subscribe to those entities, but give us a rating. Five stars, if you are so kind and feel the need to do so. Uh, that all helps us with potential sponsors and uh, monetizing this thing in the future because daddy's got to eat and I got babies too. So <laughs> a man's got to hustle. We appreciate any support that we can get in those fields and realms. And we're just trying to keep this thing growing. So let's keep the grassroots movement going and let's keep supporting and putting a spotlight on all of those that deserve it out there. That's the MO here. Produce positivity out in the world and uh, bring a focus to people that deserve it. That is all I got this week. I am at Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter, and I am out of time. So good night and good luck, and as always, stay safe out there.
Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We'll be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support, and as always, please stay safe out there.